Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. called Unchristian by David Kinnaman. He works for the Barna Group. They are a survey mob that do a lot of church surveys in America. They did a survey. Now the book was 10 years old, right? So it's a little bit outdated, but it probably isn't because I don't think much has changed. Surveyed thousands of young people aged between 60 and 30-something and their attitudes or perceptions towards the church or Christianity. The results reflect the time and the American culture, right? But I think here in Australia, if we did a similar one, I think we would find that results were kind of similar and we can learn something from their answers. They grouped the responses into six different areas. Are you ready to hear what they were? Okay, let's pray. Father God, oh, we love you and we love your church. And God, I just pray that our hearts and ears and spirits are open today to what you would want to say to us, Lord, that we may be absolutely amazing representatives for you, Lord, in our lives. And we just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Do we have a PowerPoint? Is it working? I've called this message the 4L Challenge. Well, yeah, the 4L Challenge. These were the answers, okay? Okay. Christians are hypocritical. They say one thing but live something entirely different. Christians are insincere. They're only concerned with converting people. Christians are anti-homosexual. They show contempt for gays and lesbians. Christians are sheltered. They're boring, unintelligent, old-fashioned and out of touch with reality. Christians are too political. I'm going to leave that one alone totally today because I don't think... I think the American culture is very different to ours, so I don't even want to go down that track. The last one, Christians are judgmental. They're prideful and quick to find fault in others. I don't know about you, but I went, ouch. If, is that what people really think about Christians? That really should make you sit up and take some notice. If that's what the general population... And some of these young people had been in church in the early days, and some had not. So it was a very broad cross-section, okay? When you're interested in buying something, you check out a catalogue. Well, I do anyway. Who likes the Audi catalogue? We all love the Audi catalogue. Come on. It's not just food. Every week, Audi brings in these amazing specials, right? And you kind of flick through them and you go, oh, that looks pretty good. Yeah, might go check that one out. Um, If you like it, you might buy it. I think... We are God's catalogue on display for all to see. Take a look at us. Mm, Looks all right. Might go check out that church or whatever they're talking about. Wouldn't want to go there. Wouldn't buy that. I don't know. Just a thought. Okay. Um, Now, that wasn't in the survey. That was just the survey results. And now I'm just me talking. Okay. I'm just me talking about my thoughts about the survey. I don't know about you, but I would like to be someone, if my life is on display as a catalogue, I would actually like somebody to look at my life and go, wow, I would really like, I like what she's got, I wonder what it is, and I'd like more of it, rather than be turned off by my life. So this year, rather than make 
resolutions that I no doubt I would just break within the first few weeks of 2019, I felt God lay upon me these four words, love, live, light and lead. And if I can do these well each and every day, then I will have done this year what I think God wants me to do. And that being my main goal is to please him. And I'd love to share them with you and I'm going to weave them through the results of that survey if that makes sense for you. Um, And maybe then if we can live these four L's well, maybe we can just change the perception of what people think about Christianity and us as Christians. And look, they have their perceptions for whatever reasons. I'm not going down those tracks of why people think that. That's just what they think. We're going to have a look at Ephesians 5, piece of scripture, and it's out of the message version, which I quite like. So the very first L is to love extravagantly. And the scripture says, watch what God does, and then you go do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him. Learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us but to give everything of himself to us love like that it's a pretty good kind of love isn't it um jesus teaches us to love all people not just some people not just the ones that are like us that includes the people that struggle with addictions the broken the lost the homeless the homosexuals those of different belief systems the old the young and everyone in between and of course he says for us as christians to love one another. It's not always easy to love people because they may not want to receive your love. But that shouldn't stop us trying anyway. The perception from the survey said we often have an agenda to get somebody saved or converted. Of course, I thought about that and I thought, yeah, of course, we want people to experience God's love, the same love that's touched us. We want them to experience that. But it's not our job to save somebody. It's God's job. We just need to love them. And that should free us up to love a person the way God loves them. He sees every single person as valuable and so should we. Jesus tells us that the world will know we are his disciples by our love for each other. Unconditional, extravagant love should be the most attractive and popular value in our catalogue. Okay, someone's looking at you. Don't keep thinking about Aldi, right? Don't go down the Aldi track anymore. This is us now, okay? And our most attractive thing on the front cover should be extravagant love for people. That's what people should know us for. Don't you agree? Good on you. How to love well. Well, you've got to build a relationship with people and you've got to sow into it. You've got to be sincere. When you're befriending someone, don't go in with the agenda to convert them or what anything. I think that sometimes this is what they're saying. This survey says Christians come along, they want to be your friend because they want to get you saved and they want you in their church. Don't do that. In your heart that might be right, but just love them, get to know them, listen to them. Don't be the one that's always doing the talk, talk, talk. To learn something you have to listen. Learn about their life, be interested in their life, be part of their life. Obviously, we're talking not going down the immoral track and all that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about building a healthy relationship with somebody. Be sensitive to their, to their issues they struggle with and pray for them in your quiet times with God. Hold them up to God. Don't use people for what you can get. I know, I know that's probably not none of us, but it's just good to rem- remember sometimes 
That's manipulation and God would not that want, wouldn't want that for us as his children. Discover how you can love someone. It's a bit tricky. The whole love language thing came out a number of years ago and it just shows the variety of ways we can love people. Some people love having time spent with them. You might have a friend that just needs some time from you. One might like gifts, give little gifts. doesn't have to be expensive. Somebody might like words that are spoken over them, encouragement. You know, think about even your own world here, but I'm trying to get you to think outside the box of just who we are here. Um, some people love acts of service. Do something for someone that shows them that you love them. And... Um, What's the other one? Affection. Where appropriate, give affection, give a hug. Somebody might just need a hug. They're just ways to express love to people, okay? And remember, the Bible tells us that love is always patient, it's always kind, it is not proud, and it's not self-seeking. You can read all about that in 1 Corinthians 12. Let's be people that go the extra mile in loving somebody with God's love. Transformation of a human heart takes time, takes ages. So you've got to be in it for the long haul with people you can't just meet someone build a relationship and then just jump out of their life be in it for the long haul obviously you can't do this with every single person you meet I'm talking about those ones that God lays on your heart that you can spend time just loving well so who is that for you this year I want you to think about this who is in your world it could be a broken relationship that you need to restore could be someone that's just right there and you just haven't really thought much about them Just love them as best you can in God's love. No other agenda, just to love and value them. Okay, so that's love extravagantly. Second one is live abundantly. And going on in that Ephesians scripture in verse 3 and 4, it says, Don't allow love to turn into lust, setting off a downhill slide into sexual promiscuity, filthy practices or bullying greed. They really tell it like it is, don't they, in the message? Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. The survey said, remember, that the perception of Christians was that we are hypocritical and we don't practice what we preach. Okay? So John, in John 10, Jesus says, John 10, 10, yep that I I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God wants us to have these big, expansive, amazing lives, right? And to do that, we need to honour God in that life, in that amazing life. So how do we do that? Watch your mouth and how you speak. Do your words honour God? Do your actions honour God? Does your online persona honour God? These are things we've got to keep a little check on. If we say we're Christian, do we live the way God wants us to. Do you say one thing, but do you do another? That's what people think is hypocritical, okay? When you say you believe this and you love God and you love this, but you act a totally different way. They're just little challenges for us, how we're living. What's on display in your life catalogue by your everyday life, okay? Are you any different from the culture that's around you? People are watching you. People watch how you live, how you do life. They're watching either up close or they're watching from afar or they're watching you via maybe social media. Who knows? But they are watching you, okay? So if you want to influence those around you in a positive way, we need to live with integrity. If I say nothing more than today and you get one word, take home the word integrity home with you today 
and be true to your values. Do what you say you will do, okay? If you say you're going to do something, follow through and do it, okay? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. So if someone asks you, can you do something or whatever, rather than just say yes, 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 and then just let them down, think about it and either yes if it means yes or no, sorry, I can't, or let me think about it and I'll get back to you is a much better way of saying yes and then not following through because it leaves a big gap and there's that little thing just keeps stirring in someone's heart that, oh, I don't know about that person. You can't really trust them, all that sort of stuff. So live in truth. Don't tell lies or be dishonest in your dealings with people. Be upfront, tell the truth and live in honesty. And don't just go along with the culture but make a stand when necessary. But I think we can do that without making a huge fuss. I don't think as Christians we need big placards about what we're actually, you know, fighting against. Just make wise choices, I reckon, is a good thing to do. And I think when we make a wise choice, that's worshipping God. It's putting him first and foremost in our decision-making. And I know, young people, that can be really hard for you, living in the culture we live in. But I think it's so important that you surround yourself with good people, the church, good Christian friends that can help support you in the, when you're trying, you know, you know life's trying to pull you one way. It's really important that, and share with some of the um, adults in the church, we were here to support you guys in that daily struggle, okay, with living abundantly. Live with joy. What would life be without joy, hey? Don't let anyone steal your joy from you. It's your strength in God. Live generously with your time and your encouragement and your finances. Maybe this is the year that you finally get your finances in order so that you can be generous when God prompts you to do something. Maybe every year you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do that. But if you've got no margin in your life and you're not sorted with your finances, it's hard to be generous, okay? So maybe that's just a little challenge for you. Live wise. Seek God's wisdom before you go about your day and before you make your decisions. Live balanced. It's so important that we get balance right. Spirit, body, and soul. And I think in any area of life, any one of those three are out of balance, we get a little bit topsy-turvy. So think about balance and keeping yourself strong and healthy. Live with purpose and truth. Use your God-given talents and passions that make sense and fulfillment. If you can do some of those things, there will be that abundance in your life. Okay, it's the start of the year. It's a really good time to just put things in place. And even as I'm talking, I know I'm saying a lot, but just see if you can grab one or two things that you can go, yes, I'd like to do more of that this year. The survey also found that Christians were perceived to be sheltered, boring and out of touch. They weren't here this morning playing family feud in church. That's why they need to come in here. We're not boring, but maybe we come across as boring. I don't know. I want to blow that out of the water. Learn something new this year. Sometimes I think we can get a little bit caught in our bubble and we can just go through the motions. It's a new year. Don't do the same old thing that you did last year. Challenge yourself to do something new. Learn something new. Keep up to date with what's going on in the world. Yes, we're not of this world, but we live in this world. And we live with a lot of people in this world. So don't be the one that when the conversation starts going about what's going on in the world, don't shrink back and go, oh, the devil and all the rest of it. 
be involved, be informed, just have a conversation. You're not going to lose your faith just by being in a conversation, okay? So be informed, know what's going on, learn something new, use your mind. God gave us a great mind and he wants us to develop it. So think about what you can do this year. Stretch yourself, challenge yourself to do something new and don't maybe keep in that little bubble you might may have kept yourself in. So ladies, this year we've got our new flyer wherever I've done put it wherever I put it here it is ladies are heading off this year on all sorts of adventures so make sure you grab one of these before you go we have life groups where we can grow spiritually come to church where we can grow spiritually but this year we're going to have a bit more fun along the way so we're going to be doing a watercolor workshop very soon we're going to be going I was going to say paintballing I thought about that but it hurts too much I've seen the bruises my husband comes home with. So, girls, we're going to go laser tagging. Won't hurt so much, okay? But we still get to put all the gear on and pretend we're, we're doing that. Um, we're going to go barefoot bowling. And we're doing curry with a twist. We've got an Indian guy coming to teach us how to do curry. So, all sorts of fun things, see? So, make sure you get on board. You don't have to do all of them. But I want you to do something different this year. I want you to lean in and do something new. And then you can tell all your friends about it. And they go, what? You do that at church? And you go, yep. See, I'm not a boring Christian. No, you don't have to say that. You don't have to say that. You've got to live it. Okay? You've got to live it. Um, So what adjustment are you going to make this year to live more abundantly? Turn your life up a notch. Okay? Turn it up a bit. Get out there and live life to the full. Talk to someone, see if they want to get involved with something or maybe even talk to someone to get they see what they see in you. Sometimes we can live with this state, oh, you know, I can't do that and I can't do that. You probably can. You might just need someone to speak some life into you and get you stirred up a little bit. Okay, so loving extravagantly, living abundantly. Third is light radiantly. Going on to verse 8 in that scripture. You groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, the true, these are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Simple, straight, tells it like it is in the message. We as Christians are called to light up the world and live as children of the light. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount to let your light Be the light of the world. Don't hide it, but let your light shine for all men to see. So we don't have to hide out. We don't have to be those ones that kind of always pulling back. Greg spoke a couple of weeks ago from Isaiah 58. It was a great passage of scripture. It was talking about the breakthroughs we were seeking in our 21 days of fasting. And this passage speaks about our light breaking forth and rising in the darkness if... We do a few things along with our fasting. So we've done all the fasting, right? We've done the praying. Now it goes on to say in verse 6, sharing our food with the hungry, providing the poor with shelter, clothing the naked, not turning away from our own flesh and blood. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, then you will call and the Lord will answer. Pretty good stuff, hey? God's heart has always been for the poor, sick and the needy, whether it be spiritually, physically, mentally. And that's our mandate as the church to put our love into action. So back to the survey. The survey addressed the perception that Christians are judgmental 
and quick to find fault with others. Did you see in Isaiah written hundreds and hundreds or I don't know, thousands? How long ago was Isaiah written, Greg? Long time away, long time ago. What did it say? Long time ago. Do away with the pointing finger and malicious talk. See? God knew what we were like as humans, and we can go down that track if we're not careful. So we're not to point the finger. Jesus tells us this. He says, Don't worry about the speck in your own eye. I mean the speck in someone else's eye. Worry about the plank in your own eye, okay? We're to worry about ourselves and our own journey. We're to love and accept others and leave the judgment to God He in his own timing. Get your own life on track and don't worry about the worst in others. Just let, put yourself in God's hands and let him do what he needs to do. Try not to put heavy expectations on people to act or look a certain way. I think sometimes the church, it could be a perception, sometimes people think the church is a place where there's just too many rules and there's too many regulations to even find God. I don't know about you, but um, I hope we're not like that. But we need, again, it's just a challenge for us all. Um, people, God wants people to come as they are, just as we did. And we as his people have to make sure that we don't get in the way of that happening. We've got to live our lives open and radiant, transparent about our misgivings, not trying to pretend we've got everything together. Because I think... You talk to people, I think they think in their mind, oh, I could never go to church because I haven't got my life worked out. Everyone there has got their life worked out. I'm like, no, nobody's got their life worked out. We're all on a journey. You know, I could just say, look, you know, I could just, I don't. Or I could say to that person over there, I could tell you a good story about them. And they go, really? I don't, I don't tell them, don't, don't worry. But I say, hey, you're not the only one. You come to church to get your life together. But there is a perception that only when you've got your life together, you go to church. So be the people, be the Christians that are out there sharing that your life's a mess and you need God. So they go, oh, really? See the perceptions that people have? Get out there, be honest, be transparent. Let, let us be known for what we're for and what we're against. They often know what we're against. How about they know what we're for? For loving people and just wanting people to do well in life. We're not going to water down our faith or our message but I think we can just do it a different way maybe in love look for the good in people be a gold miner look for the gold you'll find whatever you look for in people so if you start looking for gold you'll find gold okay not the dirt speak to the potential in people be the most encouraging person around them and they go you're amazing what is it and then you then maybe one day you can say well you know I live for a bigger purpose than this. But you never do that up front, right? Be forgiving rather than judgmental. Forget the traits that sometimes annoy you with people or the weaknesses that are apparent. We've all got them. But you've got to overlook them, okay? Not point the finger, no malicious talk, just be forgiving. And light brings hope. Light brings hope. I was thinking about a lighthouse. Think of a lighthouse. got a few pictures here for you to imagine in your head because I work in pictures, okay? Stormy night, boat's in trouble. Oh, if I was on that boat, I'd be really scared. I don't do well on boats. And um, there's a lighthouse, right? Instantly it's like, yes, we're safe, heading for the safe harbour. Okay, you're at home on a night and there's a storm and the lights go out, there's a blackout. 
Now, some of you might like it, and it's okay, but you kind of go, oh, you start groping around, oh, what am I going to find? Now, you can find a match, right? You could find a candle. You could, if you're very organised, you probably even know where they are. <laughs> Not in my house. Well, the melancholies would know exactly where they are, and they'd probably have five of them already <laughs> together. But me, it's like, darn, where did I put that torch? <laughs> would be handy. Torch, there, yeah, a torch would be good because it shines a bit further. But then ultimately when the light comes back on, you all go, ah, oh, the power's back on because there's light and I can see. How about if that's us in somebody's life, okay? Are you the match? So in people's dark world, you kind of light up for a second and you're out really fast. Not much help really, you're not shining much hope and light into someone's life. You might be the candle. A little bit of light? Yeah, you burn pretty bright for God every now and then. <laughs> Something happens and <laughs> you're snuffed out really quick. You could be the torch. Okay, torches are good. They help shine light. They give hope in the dark. But then the batteries run out. Ah, oh, darn, no good. How about being the electric light that's plugged in to the power source of God so you're always lighting up and bringing hope to those around you. The world can be a pretty hopeless place at times. It can be quite dark, can't it? Imagine being those people that are just lighting up people's worlds. And you don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes you've just got to be there and love people and have compassion, all that stuff. Okay? Um, don't let that malicious or unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Be the one that speaks uplifting words to people. Don't gossip. Don't fuel conversations that bring dishonour to people, okay? Just little things, but they do make a difference. Light shines through material that's transparent, so we all need to be so transparent with our struggles and failings. People need to see your genuine walk with God. If you're the catalogue on display, they want to see a genuine walk so that they may one day go test it out. So how are you going to light up your world? That notch, remember, turning up the notch. What are you going to do to shine a little bit brighter today? What area do you need to work on? Is it your mouth? Do you need to really address some of the stuff that's coming out of your mouth? Be brave. Ask your husband or your wife what your mouth is like. It's a bit scary, isn't it? They might tell you the truth. Um, That'd be a good thing. Give it to God and let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do in you, okay? Last one, lead authentically. We're all leaders. Every one of you in the room are leaders. Yep, even you and the person next to you. Look at them. They're actually a leader. Look at them. Yep, they're a leader. Young, old, in between. We all lead because we influence people. Leaders influence and it can be intentional or non-intentional. We lead by our words, our actions and our interactions with people. might be in your family. You might be a parent, grandparent. Your role at work, you might be a teacher, you might be a student at school, your peer group, you're all leading somebody. At uni, you might be involved in the community, you might be leading a sporting organisation, but you're leading, or you might be leading here at church. Lead out of who you are in Christ, and you can't go wrong. Be authentic. Don't try to be someone you're not. You just get caught in a trap, and comparison to others just brings discouragement and disappointment. If you're trying to be this amazing person that you, you are amazing, don't get me wrong. But if you're trying to be someone you're not, if you're trying to copy someone else and be them, you're going to come unstuck. 
Embrace and be confident in the person God's made you to be and lead authentically in your life. Whatever that influence is you have, lead out of that. We're all so different, aren't we? So, so different. Another little picture for you, an ice cream shop. Who likes ice cream shops? Yay. How boring would it be if they only saw vanilla? You walk up and I go, oh, I'll have an ice cream, thanks. And they go, would you like vanilla? Vanilla or vanilla? It'd be very boring, wouldn't it? Think of all those glorious colours and flavours. That's how I like to look at God's people. All the different colours and flavours. So be that flavour. Be that colour. Don't be vanilla. Because remember what the survey said? They're boring. They think we're all the same. No, we're not. But you need to be who God's made you to be. Embrace it. Live amazingly. Lead out of that. And it's all a bit of a journey. And I love this stuff, if you can't tell. I just really love this stuff. I love the uniqueness that God has put us all together. And I'm always on a journey finding out more about who God has made me to be. And there's the personality types I find amazing. The, um, what else we got? Love languages, Maya Briggs personalities, spiritual gift assessments, relational needs. And recently I uh, found the Strength Finder tool through our life group, which I have just done recently. And I encourage you, if you haven't done that um, Strength Finder tool, it's often a business tool they use to try to find out your strengths and put you in the right place. I found it fascinating. I found as I was reading my strengths, it was like, yes, that is me. And I, therefore, I don't have to be this person. And I don't have to be this person. And I found out one part of me says, I'm a person that lives for the now. And I so do. But you know what? I'm always apologizing, especially to Greg, who lives in the future. Okay, so he lives totally out here and I feel bad because I'm, I'm not with him all the time. What do you think about this and do you dream about this? I go, no, just living for today, really? And I do plan, don't get me wrong, I'm a person who plans and does all that, but the way I'm wired, just give it to me today, baby, and let's get the most out of it and I'll do it the best I can. And, you know, I'm so released this year, I've dropped off stuff at the office. I said, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. I've been doing it for 18 years or something, and I'm not going to do that anymore. And I already feel free. Because you know what? You need to be free in who you are in God. And people need to see there's freedom, not restriction in Christianity. They think we're the, oh, I'm, I'm getting on my high horse. But I don't want them to think that we're boring and dull. And, but you've got to know who you are in God. And when you know that, then you can be released to do what He wants you to do. And I think that's why He uses me crazy to do all my crazy things because that's who I am and it's okay. And I bring a different facet to Christianity. And I just think if every single one of us, don't worry about all that, um, can do that, then perceptions might just change. So the challenge is for us all to get out there. So I will... Just bring it back because the unchristian world needs to see us embracing our uniqueness, loving, lighting, living and leading our lives authentically. Maybe then they can see Jesus in and through us that that may slowly change the perception of what a Christian is. And I love God's church and I think it's the hope of the world. I think it really is. I believe that with all my heart 
and I love this church and I think we do a great job. Please don't think for a moment that I'm berating you or anything like that. I am so not. I think we're pretty good at this stuff. I just think sometimes we need a little bit of a uh, push and I think when you hear that stuff, you need to take it on board and go, really, is that what people think about us? Um, and the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, at the right, don't give up, get fatigued in doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. So let's love each other well and then get out there. And if the band wants to come. So this is the question I would love to put out to the un churched people and the top answer I would love to hear so the question would be what does Christianity or the church represent to you how good would it be if this was their top answers those who love people unconditionally and extravagantly those who live their lives abundantly and go the extra mile those who light up their world radiantly and they bring hope those who lead authentically and transparently in whatever they do and of course people who love Jesus and are becoming more like him every single day and maybe then they might just we might see people looking for the church looking to the church for answers because you as the catalogue are shining so brightly for God so Father God oh we love you so much I love you church God We know that the church is the hope of the world and we want the rest of the people to know that as well, Lord God. So today, God, may in every heart here today, may we each take something away from today. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just do a great work in us. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears to hear what you would want from each of us so that we can love well in our world, so we can live lives so abundant, that we can light up our lives around us and that we can lead authentically through any situation Lord because you Jesus are at the center of everything we do and we are the light of the world Lord because you are the light in us so have your way bring that new wine do whatever you need to do God in our lives that are six days out of this church and one day in here Lord God we love you Jesus and we just I don't know I just thank you for who you are We pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. There you go. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.